Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Well, question for you. How would you describe your, uh, your, your, jo- your joy level these days? When I see those young people heading out and getting teaching and time together with one another, my joy level goes up. <laughs> But listen, how would you describe the joy level in your life these days? How many would say it's high? Uh, Somewhere in the middle or low? (laughs) Or how many of us, maybe all of us can say, I'd sure love a whole lot more of it. (laughs) Well, as Pastor Jonathan said, you're you're in the right place because uh, Jesus wants you to have a fullness of joy. Isn't that wonderful? A fullness of joy. Uh, It's a big deal in the New Testament writings, this whole joy uh, phenomenon. 59 times in 27 books of the New Testament, the noun joy is used. And get this, uh, 74 times in those same 27 books, we're told to rejoice. Not just recycle, reduce, rejoice. Now, Pastor John... Jonathan began the series, I love the way he made that distinction between joy and happiness. I'm still thinking about that, how, you know, happiness is reliant, right? It relies on happenings that are positive, uh, but joy is defiant. It's not reliant, it's defiant. We're going to see a bit more unpacking of that today. Last weekend, we saw joy versus regrets, and even though joy is the normal state for the follower of Jesus. Did you know that? It's our norm. It's the normal condition that we can have because we rejoice always. There are three times we interrupt that joy. One is to repent, turn our joy to sorrow, to say, God, I I move away from the wrongs that I have done, to grieve, to grieve and then to process regrets. But you know what? There's another time where followers of Jesus um, interrupt their joy, and they shouldn't. <laughs> and yet we all do it, I think, or have done it at, at some time or another. It's probably the, the most common reason that we interrupt joy, and it's not only a totally unnecessary interruption, we're instructed to do the opposite. I'm talking about times of trouble, trials. We're told to rejoice. Uh, joy versus Troubles. Do you have joy when you have trouble? I mean, the natural response is say, joy and trouble. Seriously? Put on a face like this, you know, seriously? <laughs> and then say, no. Uh, I mean, it just, if you're having a good day and then you have troubles, the response is not joy, it's discouragement. And if the troubles keep going on, then it's, hey God, where are you? You know, I was thinking, is it Ray Charles that sang that song? Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Anyway, 
I know today's teaching title is Joy Versus Troubles, but it's really joy in troubles. Because listen to Jesus. In this world, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Apostle Paul saw people in the churches that he visited going through troubles and it inspired him. Look at a couple of examples. He says, the churches in Macedonia are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. So you got poor and generosity and troubles and joy. I remember one of our elders came back from one of the teams we sent to help children in one of the places that uh, the the Gittins are going to, uh, one of those places that we support. And he came back, you know what he said to me? He said, they were so poor, but they have so much joy. That's what the Apostle Paul knows. But he he says this directly to uh, a church in Thessaloniki, uh, Greece. He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Apostle Paul also experienced this personally. I mean, how can you have, well, just listen to this. How can you have joy when this is what you're encountering in life? He says, we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. How can you have all those things when you had what we just read on the previous slide? Anyway, we serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. Our hearts ache, but we always have. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Are we done yet? No. James. James, I mean... He, know, he, know, he just gets this greeting. He just has this customary greeting that they all said in the first century when they wrote one another a letter. He basically says, yo, sup, and then he jumps into this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great. <laughs> well, when are they going to let up? Like, and one of the translations says, pure joy. Not 50-50, 100%, no artificial flavors or preservatives added, joy. Just all joy. So I, I don't know about you, but I've got two big questions. Number one, why would I have joy in troubles? Why would I ever have joy in troubles? And then, once we get ourselves convinced that there's a reason for it, what about saying, how do I get some of that? <laughs> How do I get some of that joy? All right, so we're going to answer both questions, okay, over the next uh, X number of minutes together. I'm not making any promises, okay? It takes you to a place you'd never get to without that trial. All right, that's a good reason. If you don't have trouble, you don't have this opportunity for increasing your joy. Because right after he says that greeting, and then he says... Consider it great joy. His very next words, James' very next words are, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
Listen, how, how many online with me in this room in Toronto, you'd love to see your patients grow? How many say, Lord, make me patient and do it now? <laughs> I mean, we want our patients to grow, right? How many would like to be more loving? How many live with people that would like you to be more loving? <laughs> what about kind? You like your kindness to grow? Have you ever noticed that the only way they're going to grow is if you're put into the opposite situation? All right. Let's use patience as an example. If it's all going easy and perfect timing, we like it, but our patience is staying the same. Our patience level doesn't grow. Let's use um, a computer as an example. How many, if you go online and you got a strong signal and it just goes right to where you want it to go, uh, you know, and, and it's just all going great, that, that, that's, that's, that's wonderful. But you, if it all works perfectly, you don't need any patience. There's no opportunity for you on your computer right then for patience to grow. But what happens if it won't take your password? And you can't remember the silly password. And then, and they, anyway, the, or the, the signal is weak. And, or if, worse yet, it freezes on you. And you're tempted to call that computer some very nasty names. That's when patience has the opportunity to grow. You see, watch this now. The only way patience grows if you're in a situation where our present patience level isn't enough. Do you see that? Get that. It took me a long time to think that one through. <laughs> what about love? If someone is so lovable, they're easy to love, there's no cost to love them. That's, that's just... The problem is your love level is not going to grow. It's when you're with people that you have to sacrifice to love them like Jesus does for us. He sacrificed for us. That's how we know we're loved, right? Kindness, same thing. The only way we can grow up beyond what it is now is to get into a situation where people are unkind and we want to get unkind in return. Instead, we respond like Jesus does because he's kind to us. Do you see it? See, it's the same with joy. The only opportunity you have to grow your joy is in time of trouble. Someone said a Christian's like a tea bag. They're not worth much until they've been through some hot water. Okay, so that, that's purpose number one. Here, here's, here's another reason why we have joy even in troubles. It jolts you to remember you're made for a place of everlasting joy. James goes right into that. He talks about our trials are temporary and a reward day. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood that test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, what's that song they used to sing? When the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. And, 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 and so there's just something that we just know we're not home yet. We're strangers here, Peter says. We're not home yet. And so it is, trials remind us that things are not right here. But boy, we're, we're, we're destined to a place where Jesus' will is done 24-7. And we're destined for heaven. So it reminds us that, that heaven's going to be a place full of joy. And then third reason to have joy in times of trouble, it sure beats the alternatives. Think about it. 
What about, how do you handle troubles? Do you just bury yourself in, in self-pity or discouragement? That just makes it worse, right? What's another alternative? Trying to escape them. You know, that's why a lot of people go to alcohol, pornography, unhealthy entertainment. It just, it just gets worse. Or, or they take it out on others. They try and ventilate, complain, angry, give others the cold treatment. That'll fix them. They'll just hold them off. Not going to talk to them. It's just, we, we, it's, we did get uptight. There's a tension there. Boy, I, I think joy is a better alternative. And then fourth reason to have joy in times of troubles, rejoicing in faith produces strength to rise above the trouble. The only way that you and I are going to know more supernatural strength than what we already have is to be in situations where we need more supernatural strength than what we already have. I love that song that Andre Crouch wrote uh, years ago called Through It All. He said, if we never had a problem, we'd never know that God could solve them. We'd never know what faith in God could do. And so they're just something, strength is produced. It reminds me of a story, I think I told it to you a lot of years ago, but it's this farmer who had a donkey and the donkey worked hard for him, but then the farmer got a tractor and he thought the donkey was useless and he just leave him out there to graze in the field and just totally ignored him. One day the donkey fell down into the ravine where the farmer dumped all of his garbage. And so the donkey's down there and he can't get out of the ravine. And uh, the farmer just kept dumping garbage down on top of him. Day after day, what did the donkey do? He could have been buried under it. No, what did he do? He shook it off, he stepped on it, and he would just each day rise a little bit higher. And the next day, the farmer, he dumped garbage down the ravine. What did the donkey do? You got it? He would shake it off, step on it, and rise a little bit higher. One day, the farmer was driving his tractor to dump another load of garbage into the ravine on top of the donkey when he looked out in the field, and what is that? That isn't. That's that old donkey. How did it get up there? How did that ever happen? You know how it happened? Every time the farmer dumped garbage on him, the donkey shook it off, stepped on it, and would rise a little bit higher until finally it just stepped out of the ravine that was filled with garbage and was out there grazing in the field. He was restored. How does the Christian, how does the Christian handle trouble? I'm going to make you say it so you'll remember it. All right, what do you do? He gets dumped on you and you... Yeah, that's the way the follower of Jesus rises above the temporary troubles. I gave you four good reasons, right? It gets you to a place you'd never be if it weren't for that trial. It jolts you to remember that you're made for a place of everlasting joy. Well, all we get here is a taste of what we're going to have. It sure beats the alternatives. And four, rejoicing in faith produces strength to rise above the troubles. That's the why. Now we're going to turn our attention to the how. How. How many want some of this? <laughs> how do we, how do we see? Listen, it was last week. 
I, I looked up an email that I'd gotten a few weeks ago from Shoppers Drug Mart. Here's what it said. Shop online for joy. I thought, well, that's it. That'll save me all the preparation for the last half of my teaching today. Just talk, okay, let's sing a song. God bless you. Go home. Shop online for joy. <laughs> anyway, how do we get it? How do I experience joy in times of trouble? Number one, decide to. Decide to. Be grateful. Listen, joy doesn't come to you automatically just because you're a follower of Jesus. It doesn't. In times of trouble, joy is a cho choice. Why do we make that choice? Were you sleeping? I just gave you four good reasons. <laughs> joy is a decision. And we're instructed to rejoice over 70 times. This has got to be important. We decide to be grateful. Get the sequence right, though. Watch this now. Joy doesn't make us grateful. It's gratitude that gets us to a place of joy. Do you see that? I can't complain my way to joy. How many of us try? <laughs> I can't anger my way to joy. I can't drink or medicate my way to joy. I can't shop online my way to joy. Those are all joy extinguishers or temporary happiness at best just to give me relief to be escaped. Or, but gratitude, watch this, gratitude breaks down all the negativity and anger and any other joy extinguisher. Gratitude breaks it down. Uh, I remember in the new year, uh, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Jessica and I, we, we shared a series and uh, my, my contribution was to help us see how we can pray the Shema prayer uh, for the believer that Jesus says was, was the most important uh, of the commands. And, and uh, you know, listen, if, if the alarm clock goes off in the morning and you say, good Lord, morning? I want you to invite you to switch it to good morning, Lord. But by, by praying this, uh, I don't know a morning in years that I haven't just awakened and within seconds just said, Lord, I love you with all my heart. So I set my feelings by praising you for so much good today. Just, just, is this something there? You say, well, I haven't got a lot to rejoice about some mornings. That's why the Bible says rejoice in the... If, as long as you rejoice in the Lord, you'll never run out of reasons to, to have joy. All right, so decide to, all right? It's not gonna just happen. You have to make the decision. Decide to be grateful. Second... Bring joy to others and you won't be able to keep it from yourself. You ever go to someone in need and you, and, and you help them and you feel like almost like you've gotten more out of the transaction than, you, you, yeah, some of you are nodding your head. You, you know exactly what, how many know given it shall be given isn't just about money. You can give your time, your care, your love, kindness to, to others and it just, you just, you just, this is right, this is good. You, you know you're pleasing the Lord. You, you call someone to encourage them and at the end of the call, you're the one that's encouraged. You, you volunteer around here and you, you know you're part of something that's making a difference for, for other people. In, in the love army, you do an act of goodness and, and no one even knows about it and you still feel good because you just you sense God's smile upon you. 
beat the alternative, like we said earlier. How many, how many know people in your circle, don't look around, don't say amen, don't even smile right now, but how many know someone that they're, they're, they're fluent in the language of complaining? Shh. If something's negative, they'll find, listen, Esther and I, we're, we're trying to reach out to some wonderful neighbors. If you're watching up there in McKellar, you're, you're the best neighbors. And if you're from the last place that we lived <laughs> and you're watching, you're great neighbors too. Anyway, <laughs> and anyway, they're having this um, get-together at the little lake that we, there's a camp down at the end of the road and they're having this big get-together for all the people that are on the lake. And uh, there's one guy, he's, he's become known to have the language of complaining. It's just, he speaks it fluently. As soon as he opens his mouth, you're ready for it. Oh, here it comes. You know? Well, I was with this group of men. We were in a circle, and we were, we were talking, having a good conversation, laughing about some things. He, he came in, and I thought, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm to include him. So I turned to him, and I included him. Within seconds, every guy around me disappeared. Just like that. I'm left talking to this negativity in human flesh. You know what I mean? He, he, here I am. You know, joyless people, people that don't have joy in their life, they're like squeaky hinges. They function, but they're sure hard on the nerves. And then other people, you're with them, and it's such a joy. It's like they lift your soul. That's why I like hanging out with Pastor Jonathan. They just lift your soul. Being with them heals your heart. There's laughter. And how many know laughter is the WD-40 of healing? Just something of a tonic, just being with these people. They lift your heart. You know, one of the best joy experiences that Jesus ever had during his uh, three years of public ministry was when he, he sent his disciples out to help other people. And listen what it says. The 72 returned with <laughs> and said, Lord, even the demons, even, even evil powers that are holding people in bondage Addictions, even the demons submit to us in your name. And, and, and if you keep reading, Jesus not only tells them, hey, listen, you think this is joy. You, you rejoice because your names are written in heaven. But then he goes on because the, joy is one of those things, right? It's one of those rare resources that multiplies when you divide it with others. Um, it's impossible. It's impossible for you and I to deliver joy to others without spilling some of it on ourselves, right? You've experienced that. And so the disciples, they brought joy to others, which brought them joy, and they came back and they gave Jesus joy, because just listen to Jesus now. At the, I don't think I have it on the screen, but I'll read it. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said... He's praising now. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Isn't that great? So it's, it's like disciples bring joy to others. They've got joy, and then they have more joy themselves, and they bring joy to Jesus. Have you ever had that experience where you do what's right, you, you bring joy to others, and you just sense that Jesus is smiling upon you? 
You know, I, I love, I love um, leaving gatherings like this, Pastor Jonathan, where, and Esther will tell you, I'll just say, Lord, I hope you were happy with what happened today. I hope I, hope I pleased you today. I don't care about preaching sermons. I, I want to put truth out there that sees lives transformed by the Holy Spirit. Brings Jesus joy. Listen, every time you, in the love army, because we're all this love army, every time we do an act of kindness, I hope you sense Jesus smiling at you. (laughs) Every time you witness to someone and no one else knows about it, I hope you have that sense that Jesus is smiling upon you. Do you know every time you are Jesus-like to other people, you bring Jesus joy. Isn't that wonderful? I said, isn't that wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we decide to be grateful. We bring joy to others and we won't be able to keep it from ourselves. And then third, before we pray now, express trusting praise to Jesus during your trial until you experience his presence. Just keep praising him until you experience his presence. Do you ever get a song stuck in your head? Usually it's got one line of the song, right? You know, like one this morning, even the darkest days are temporary. You are the everlasting light. That just sort of, that can go on a loop in my head. But sometimes the songs we get looping in our heads, um, they're just sort of stuck there. (laughs) How many of you found, you can start thinking about something else. I'm not going to think about that song because it's not doing me any good. I'm not thinking about that song. And then it's like a jack-in-the-box. It just comes up again. You know, I remember watching the news and, I don't keep up on culture like Pastor Jonathan, but I, I try and stay abreast of something that's happening out there. I was watching the news and I heard of Drake. And, uh, and they did a little clip of him. Call me on my cell phone. You know? And, you know, that's all they did, just showed a little clip. Well, every time I went to use my phone. <laughs> I don't even know what the song's about. I just know I get lots of calls on my cell phone. But anyway... Or, or what about this one? We are the champions. You sure don't hear that in Toronto much these days. Anyway, um, or I have no idea what this means. I had one of you tell me when I referred to it one time, but I can't feel my face when I'm with you. I, I, I told the person, you better find some better friends than that if you can't feel your, your face when you're around them. But what loops through our brain is not the best for our mind and our soul. So here's, what I, here's my recommendation. Make that loopiness work for you. <laughs> what would, you would you pick up a book with that title? Make your loopiness work for you. Uh, get, get, get songs on the loop in your brain that would do you the most good. Do you know, I didn't know, I, I did know this, that you could go on to our church's website and you could get... Um, like, what's, what's that song? The Everlasting Light. What were the words to that? You can go and get the lyrics. You can hear the song just by going to your church's website. I did not know, because it's Pastor Matt and a bunch of them put it together recently. You can get an entire playlist. Wow. I could get that onto my... That would help me with my loopiness. <laughs> um, you can even go and get an instrumental, just instrumental music. On, on, on a playlist by going to our, our website. You know, but sometimes it's a quote from Jesus or the Bible that's in your heart. Remember Pastor Jonathan started this series with all things work together for, not all things are good, but all things work together for good. 
Not sometimes, some of them not until we get to heaven. But, and, then, and then years ago, every once in a while this goes through my mind. This goes back to when my kids in this church went to a youth retreat and they told me they had an open mic and one guy would every once in a while go up to the mic and here was the verse that he would share with the other kids. I better remember it now. <laughs> oh yeah, you know the way that I take. Apparently he was cooler than me. You know, he was, you know, he know, he knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I will be as pure gold. Isn't that good? Now that's, that, that does you a whole lot of good if you get that on your mental playlist. Uh, what about this one? I can do all things through Christ who? Rejoice in the Lord. I mean, these, these things, you know. I remember speaking on a phrase and I was speaking somewhere in Canada and I was um, at a camp and a family camp, and I spoke on in a little while. Take it from an Easter message I did here a lot of years ago. In a little while. A few uh, weeks later, arriving in the mail was uh, an embroidered, <laughs> a lady was there, probably while I was teaching, she was embroidering, no, I don't know. But she, she, she this an embroidery to put up on the wall in a little while, from the words of Jesus. Another one, I just thought of it this morning when I was... Um, Coming out here, I thought, where is that? That one of my daughter-in-laws, I had spoken on a teaching that I'm going to tell you about in just a moment. And uh, I said, you know, one of, the, one of the most important phrases in this entire psalm is when King David doesn't feel like it, but he says, I will say of the Lord, <laughs> my refuge, my fortress, my God. You know, I, I had, the reason why she, she gave me that is I had just shared in a, in a teaching here how... Uh, well, my wife and I had got some rather tragic news about her health, and it looked really, really bad. Now she's here today, she's fine. It didn't turn out as bad, but the tests, the first preliminary things that we got back, it was not looking good for Esther Smith. Um, and uh, we're, so we're in the middle of the night, we lived here in Scarborough, and, and neither of us were sleeping. We're just, we're just processing, you know, just in shock and trying to figure, okay, if that happens, then what about this? Uh, a lot of you have been there. And, and uh, we began to sing this song that we were singing in the church at that time. It was sort of on a loop in our head. I'll say of the Lord, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, my deliverer, my shelter, my strong tower, a very present help in time of need. And we sang it, and Esther, she, she, she would get past, I'll say of the Lord. You know these emotional Italians, right? She, just, she was done, I was left singing solo from there on in. But I said, Esther, I said, let's just meditate on those words. I said, I was just thinking, he's our shield. Do you know what that means? That means if he's our shield, that nothing gets to us without going through him first. He's our strength. We're feeling pretty weak, but isn't it something? He's not only our shield, but he gives us the strength to hold up that shield. And, and, and he's our portion. He's our, you do anything for your kids, Esther. Anything for, I'm gonna look this way. Anyway, you do anything for your kids. Father God loves us more perfectly than you love yours. His resource, he's our portion. His resources are ours. He's our deliverer. 
He's our shelter. That means if he doesn't deliver us from this, he's going to shelter us through this. And he's our strong tower. Don't you, aren't you thankful that you have the Lord in your life, that he's a strong tower? Because a strong tower is where you get to a high place where you see things that you can't see when you're down there. You get a big picture perspective. You see more of God's big plan and your trust in him increases. We made a decision to express trusting praise to our God. And there was a real sweet and genuine presence of the Lord in that room. Do you ever experience a song in the night? Keeps going over and over, but, but it brings joy. A sense of the presence of the Lord. King David, he says, by day the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. What is it? It's a prayer to the God of my life. I remember a very precious senior in our church family for many years on staff uh, Pastor John, a friend of his and two, and we had him at our home every Christmas. He was hit with this circumstantial setback. I was righteously so angry <laughs> at the people that ripped him off financially. And I'd check in on him, how you doing? He said, you know, he says, there's a song that, that keeps coming to me in the middle of the night when I wake up worrying. He says, it's faithful one so unchanging. You are my rock in times of trouble. How many got some trouble in your life these days? You could probably use a song in the night. You could get something in there that just, just brings you into the presence of God where there's a fullness of joy. I want to encourage you today, whether you're online or in this room in Toronto, don't wait until your trial is over to praise the Lord. In the middle of your trial, rejoice in the Lord. In the middle of it. Don't, don't, don't wait until it's over and say, oh God, look at that. You were faithful. Sorry for you. No, in the middle of it. Lord, I trust you. Last week, I woke up with this one. I learned it in a gathering with you here. And it was on my heart's playlist for, for days. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been good, so good. In the midst of the trouble, even in the midst of pain, you, you can just let your, you can express trusting praise to the Lord. Now, in order to do this, you have to have trouble. <laughs> Anybody meet that condition? <laughs> you have to have a trial. Whatever trial or trouble you're facing today, let your heart, how many are ready? Just to let your heart express trust in the faithful one. Amen? Let, let, let's pray about this. Thank you, Lord, that you have purpose, purposes in every trial we face. We, we decide right now to let your purposes be fulfilled by rejoicing in faith. We decide to rejoice. We pray that how we handle this trial brings joy to others. We are express trust in you. Lord, give people songs in the night, I pray. Give, give truth from scripture and songs into the playlists of their minds, Lord over and over. 
And whether we're newish to following Jesus or just getting started or we're, we've been doing this for decades following you, Lord, we, we can still say all my life, you have been faithful. You've been good, so good. Lord, help us to trust you with our trial right now, our troubles right now, so that it'll be one of those times where we look back on and say, you know what, I rejoiced in the midst of that. (laughs) And look, God was faithful again. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.